Hey, this is Glover Teixeira, UFC Light Heavyweight Champion. Hi, I'm Robbie Lawler. What's up, Fight Family? This is your favorite MMA coach, Tiago Alves, the Pitbull. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Pedro Munoz. Mike Brown. Hey, I'm Alexei Alenik. And welcome. And welcome. And welcome. And welcome. And this is Yvonne Von Picks. And you're watching We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. Hi, everybody from America. My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. I hope you've been paying attention because we crushed it last night. Crushed it last week, crushed it the week before, and we are riding quite the streak. Went 10-1 and one in picks for UFC 276, and we are going to try to repeat that success because we're going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 58 fight card. And if you want 50 free dollars, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our five betting partners. Make a deposit, and we send you 50 bucks as a thank you, that's wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit, and I send you 50 bucks. Cash app, PayPal, Venmo, however you want it. I mentioned we're riding that success wave, so we've been crushing it. We're going to kind of keep that train rolling. I'm going to break down every single fight. I'm going to give you my picks and my bets. And opening up the card, we have Ronnie Lawrence taking on the side cub, Kakramanov. First try, nailed it. Ronnie Lawrence is a very good wrestler who shoots and reshoots really well. He's athletic with solid footwork and uses leg kicks really well. And you look at his takedown numbers, they're insane. He averages more than nine takedowns per 15 minutes. I'm pretty sure that's the highest in the UFC. He has three fights in the UFC with a total of 26 takedowns and 78% accuracy. Just think about those numbers. That is absolutely insane. And he's fighting Syed Kakramanov. And he was supposed to fight Brian Kelleher in January, but that was scrapped. And he only has one fight in the UFC, and that was a full year ago. But it was very impressive. He submitted Trevin Jones in the third round. Style-wise, he's very well-rounded. He's comfortable on his feet with a quick jab and a good amount of low kicks. But those are mostly there to gauge distance. I would label him as a striker, but he has very good takedown defense and a solid submission offense. And Ronnie Lawrence is coming off a great win over the very dangerous man of Martinez. And even though he had six takedowns in that fight, he was also dropped a few times. I think Kakramanov has the cleaner striking and is much faster, but he does slow down and he does get taken down. If you go to his loss in the PFL, he was controlled and even lost a few of those striking exchanges against the wrestler. So... I got to go with Ronnie Lawrence here and his relentless wrestling pressure. He showed us he can survive dangerous striking exchanges, and we know for a fact he can wrestle hard for 15 minutes. So Ronnie Lawrence is the clear pick. I already have a money line bet on him right out of the gate. But betting on the first fight of the night has proven to be tricky. I don't know if you want to tail me on that one, but I, I do trust Ronnie Lawrence and his wrestling to get it done. That moves us to the big boys. We got Kennedy and Chuck Wu taking on Carl Roberson. And it's an interesting fight between two guys who are really well-skilled, but are probably fighting for their UFC careers. Historically, Kennedy and Chuck Wu was the comeback kid. But unfortunately, he hasn't been able to put together a win in his last couple of fights. He's very long and has a ton of power. He's got solid takedown defense at 80%, and he's never out of a fight. He can be gun-shy at times, which is how he ended up falling behind. 
He's on that two-fight skid, but he looked really good in his last fight against Nick Negamoreno. He had a great jab. He used his reach really well, but unfortunately, he had a point deduction because of a couple eye pokes. Carl Roberson is also on a losing skid, but he also looked decent in his last fight until he didn't. He was knocked out by Roundtree in the second round, but he won that first round, and he actually looked decent. He's a well-rounded guy with solid striking and a few sneaky submissions in his back pocket. The problem for him are his matchups. He's got five losses in the UFC, and those losses are to Brendan Allen, Marvin Vittori, Glover Teixeira. Just really, really tough guys, but overall, he's a solid fighter who's pretty well-rounded. Kennedy is absolutely the more powerful striker, but he can be gun-shy. Taking his time to throw those punches could really give Carl the opportunity he needs to work in takedowns. He averages less than one takedown per fight, but he game plans really well, and he has takedowns against the strikers that he's fought, like Kapilov, Darren Stewart, Ryan Spann. Robertson's knockout loss to Khalil does worry me, but I do think he gets it done here. He's the better all-around fighter, and while I think Kennedy's going to be way more dangerous, and he will be dangerous the entire 15 minutes, I think Roberson gets it done with clean technique and solid game planning. Then we got Cody Brundage taking on Trayson Gore. Cody Brundage, he's coming off the first win of his UFC career, and that was a submission over Dalcha Langenbula, where he jumped guillotine. Even though he couldn't get it going in his last fight, Cody has solid wrestling, and he did wrestle in college. He has decent chain wrestling, and he throws big, heavy punches to set up those takedowns. He uses his wrestling well and always pushes forward, but he can be a bit chinny. I mentioned he submitted Dalcha, but he was also rocked a few times and almost knocked out in that fight. Trayson Gore is a heavy-handed, come-forward wrestler himself. Almost every fight he is in, he will throw big, heavy punches and immediately drop to the legs. He never stops doing that. And he's interesting to break down because his pre-UFC and his current UFC styles are a bit different. Pre-UFC, he'll throw three, four punches, drop to those legs. And if you stuff him, he comes back up, throws three, four more punches, and does it all over again. In his current UFC tenure, he's a clean striker with very real power, solid combinations, but he is low volume and he just doesn't let his hands go when he should. This entire fight will come down to Trayson Gore and his pace. If the pre-UFC Trayson shows up and he marches forward, he throws with intent, he works the legs, he will win. But if the Trayson Gore that lost to Brian Battle gets here, only throwing one shot at a time, if that's the guy that shows up, he's gonna lose. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to assume his last fight was because UFC debut nerves, and there was like a, a lot of stuff going into that. And I think because of all of that, I'm going to put that aside. I think Trayson's the pick here. I think he's proven that he has power in his hands. Cody can be chinny. He's proven to have solid takedown defense. He defended seven takedowns in his last fight. And that's where Cody's going to need to take this to win. Cody's going to have to get the takedowns to win this fight, and, and Trazen's got that solid takedown defense. So Trazen's the pick here, but I'm probably not betting this fight because there are a few unknowns, and I just, I hate putting money on gun well-skilled gun-shy fighters. I, I hate it. It's frustrating, and you're just yelling at the TV, begging for them to throw punches, and they don't do it. That takes us to the champ's sister. We got Antonina Shevchenko taking on Courtney Casey. And Antonina Shevchenko is the older sister of champion Valentina Shevchenko, but they're not really similar at all. 
Both are very good strikers. They're very competent strikers, but Antonina has some very real gaps in her grappling and almost no takedown defense. She's been taken down 16 times in eight fights, and every single one of her losses was because of her takedown defense. She's a very solid striker with clean technique and a solid pace. When she knows she won't get shot on, she will put on a show. But when she's worried about takedowns, she ends up taking her time and doesn't fully commit to those strikes because she's worried she's going to get taken down. Courtney Casey's a good striker with solid grappling. She's got real power in her hands and she uses range well. Even though she's 6-8 and eight in the UFC, she is competitive in almost all of her fights and she's incredibly tough. For the most part, she can win a technical striking fight and pose threats on the ground if she's on top. And I say if she's on top because she's got miserable takedown offense at 27% and she hasn't gotten a takedown in four years. If Courtney Casey had a touch better wrestling, she would be the easy pick. But without the takedowns, she's going to end up in a kickboxing match. And even though she's a decent striker, she will not be the better striker in this matchup. But she does have some things going for her. She has raw power and solid experience. I mentioned she only has, eight, or she already has eight losses in the UFC. But those losses were to J.J. Aldrich, Jillian Robertson, Cynthia Calvillo, Michelle Waterson, Felice Herrig in 2017 when she was good, and Claudia Gajaya. So, yes, those are losses, but they're quality losses. And she has beaten people like Angela Hill and Ronda Melkers, who aren't top 10, but they are solid fighters. And this is another really tough pick. But because I think this stays on the feet, I need to go with the better striker. And that is going to be Antonina. I I'm not betting a money line here. But I might do a plus three and a half on Courtney because she's tough enough to survive. And if she gets a takedown or two, then she'll definitely win a round. So the plus three and a half bet, that would be me buying three and a half points on the judge's scorecard. Those are perfect spots when you get an underdog who you know is tough and can win one round. And that's the way the math works out. All Courtney Casey needs to do is win one round on her own. I bought another round. So that gets me the two I need and I'll hit my bet. You're only going to get that by a round bet. You're only going to get that if you go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. We have five different betting partners and the one and only partner on planet Earth that offers that bet is Bet Online. If you go through our link and you sign up, you make a deposit, I will send you $50 as a thank you for supporting us and our partners. So Antonina is the pick, but a plus three and a half bet is, is I, I'm going to wait to see what those odds are, but I'll probably do that on Courtney Casey. Then we got Ayman Sahabi taking on Ricky Tertios. And Ayman Sahabi is Faraz Sahabi's brother. Faraz, if you don't know, a pretty famous coach, right? He was George St. Pierre's coach. And at one point, one of the better coaches in MMA. So Ayman has been around top-level talent and high-level coaching the entirety of his career. Style-wise, he's a pretty well-rounded guy, but he's more of a striker. He can be low volume at times, but we do know he has big power. He put Draco Rodriguez out with an overhand right in a fight where he only threw a handful of punches to begin with. He's got solid takedown defense at 73%, but he was taken down by Ricardo Hamos three times in that loss and twice in his win against Reginaldo Vieira, where the only reason he won that decision is because he did have a knockdown with that power. Ricky Tertios is a very fun guy to watch, and he's got a crazy style. He moves forward with a ton of pressure and an insane variety of strikes. He'll throw anything from anywhere, and he smiles while doing it. He's coming off a split decision win over Brady Highstand, where he landed 200 strikes, even though he was taken down six times. Think about that. 
Think about how insane that volume is. He spent seven minutes and 40 seconds being controlled and he still landed 200 strikes. That is, that's insane. And I love Ricky in this fight. I'm very confident in the pick and I think he should be a nice parlay piece. Ricky's high volume, high pace offense, coupled with Sahabi's low output, waiting for a big shot offense, might set a UFC strike differential record. I see Ricky landing 1 million strikes and cruising to a win here. I jumped on him at minus 175 and I'm probably gonna pair him up with some others on this card. I do think Ricky is a parlay piece. And I've already got that money line bet on him as well. And just like we saw with Brian Barberena and Robbie Lawler, that high volume can get it done over the big power. So I like Ricky Tercios here. Got the money line bet. Very confident in that. Then we got Cynthia Calvillo taking on Nina Nunes. Cynthia Calvillo is pretty well-rounded. She's a good striker. She's a good grappler. And she has takedowns. While she is very well-rounded, she's pretty slow for the division and does not have much power when she gets you to the ground, she's very solid. She'll often soften you up with strikes and then sink into submission. The biggest issue for her, however, the biggest issue for her, however, is that it's obvious that she isn't comfortable in a lot of those striking exchanges. It's easy to say she's on a three-fight skid, but even though two of those losses were knockouts, they were to solid opponents. Andrea Lee, Jessica Andrade, and then a decision to Caitlin Chikagian because that's what Caitlin Chikagian does. And she's fighting Nina Nunez, formerly Nina Ansaroff. She's Amanda Nunez's wife and therefore changed her last name. And this is her first fight back since having a baby. So there's definitely some unknowns coming into this fight. But skill-wise, she's very well-rounded. She's not the best striker. She's not the best grappler. But she has solid fundamentals everywhere and really only loses to specialists, meaning she'll lose to a high-level grappler. She'll lose to a high-level striker. But she's not losing to other well-rounded women because she's very well-rounded and has incredible fundamentals. So she will win those fights. And I get why Calvillo's the favorite here. She averages almost two takedowns per fight. And Nina's last two losses were grappling-based. But I've got to go with Nunez here. I think Cynthia Calvillo is definitely the better fighter, right? Just maybe strike for strike, the better fighter. But that Andrade loss took something out of her. She is not the same person. In her loss against Andrea Lee, she quit on the stool. Her shot attempts look terrible, and she's just never been a good striker to begin with. So I got to go with Nunez here. The layoff, the gin change, having a child. There's a lot of unknowns that worry me, but Cynthia Calvillo is broken. I, I hate saying that about anybody, but go back and watch her last fight. She was not the same person that we had seen before. That takes us to the main card. We got Michael Johnson taking on Jamie Malarkey. Michael Johnson, he's jumping in on, on somewhat short notice here, and he's only a month removed from his win over Alan Patrick. He's a very talented guy who has had an incredibly tough competition slate, and it's easy to look at his 13 losses and assume, oh, he's not very good. He's got 13 losses in the UFC. How good could this guy be? But let's take a closer look. His losses are to Benil Dariush. Nate Diaz, Khabib, Justin Gagey, Darren Elkins, Tiago Moises, Clay Guida. Very, very good losses against high-level opponents over the last 
12, 15 years. And skill-wise, he's pretty good everywhere. He's a talented striker who does not have a ton of power, but he does have nice footwork. He's got a positive striking differential at around a half a strike, which is impressive considering who he's fought and how long he's been fighting. Jamie Malarkey reinvented himself in 2021 as a striker, and he put together two beautiful knockouts in a row, but that caught up to him in his last fight against Jalen Turner. He did have moments of success in that fight, including a takedown, but he just could not handle the power and was ultimately knocked out. Jamie's a pretty well-rounded guy, but I would not say that he's great anywhere. He's solid everywhere. He puts things together well, but if you look at his losses, he did have a decent outing against Brad Riddell, who we know is very good, but Brad Riddell was just put out last night also. He does have a loss against Volkanovski, which that's a very good loss. That's aging well. He does have a nice body of work under him as well. He is primarily a grappler. He's got solid takedowns. He's got good pressure on top. He ground and pounds to set up transitions, creates scrambles where he looks for a submission. So Jamie Malarkey, very well-rounded, but not a stud anywhere. Jamie Malarkey is two to one favorite here. And I, I honestly don't know why. I, I don't know what I'm missing. Like, yeah, he had a nice little run last year with a couple of knockouts in a row. But those were against opponents far less skilled than Michael Johnson, and I don't even think they're in the UFC anymore. Outside of that, he is a grappler who I don't think is going to be able to outgrapple Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson has a 78% takedown defense over 25 UFC fights, with Clay Guida and Khabib pretty much being the only two people in 10 years that were able to take Michael Johnson down more than once. If you think he outstrikes Johnson, I'm going to disagree with you there too. He has only been knocked out one single time in his 25 UFC fights, and that was to Josh Emmett. Outside of that, I can only think of one time where he lost a fight because he was outstruck volume-wise. I get it. Michael Johnson's older. He had a rough four-fight skid going into his last fight, but Michael Johnson is still a very good fighter. I think he wins this fight. I think he wins this fight. I think I'm going money line bet on Michael Johnson as well. Two to one underdog. A, a, a legitimate tried and true vet who's not chinny fighting a grappler who, you know, has been trying to strike lately. So I'm going Michael Johnson here. Hopefully he's riding that success wave from last month. Then we we go to an interesting heavyweight fight. We've got Jared Vandera taking on Chase Sherman. And I know a lot of you are going to have sarcastic comments about this fight and, you know, everybody's going to trash them. Ooh. But the reality is these guys are gamers. They've both stepped up on short notice on multiple occasions to help save a fight. So part of me actually feels bad in this matchup because whoever loses this fight is definitely going to be cut. But these guys are solid guys. They come forward, they bring the fight, and they have no problem taking a short notice fight to help save an undercard, something to that effect. Jared Vandera is a volume striker who, interestingly enough, built his UFC career on his grappling. And breaking down his UFC fights versus fights in the regional scene would have you thinking that you're looking at two different fighters. But now that he has made the transition from grappler to striker for the UFC, he's had some solid success. He dominated Justin Taffa and had a very close fight with Andre Olovsky where he actually outstruck Andre in that fight, 70 to 64. He's coming off that submission loss to Olenek where he doubled Olenek's strikes and he just made some poor decisions that ended up on the ground and ended up getting submitted. He's got a long jab, solid distance control, and clean striking in addition to his size in wrestling. He hasn't showcased that wrestling in the UFC, but he does have it in his back pocket, and he did use it before the UFC. And he's fighting Chase Sherman, and Chase Sherman's a really good boxer with solid foot movement and speed. He does not have a ton of power, but he has volume, and he does not stop throwing his hands until that bell. 
even if he's exhausted and slowing down, he continues to come forward, continues to throw punches. Outside of his short-notice fight with Alexander Romanov, Chase did have solid takedown defense, but he does not have any head movement at all, which is why he is hit with more than six significant strikes per minute. I appreciate Chase Sherman and every fight he has had in the UFC has been entertaining. He was cut by the UFC, I don't know what, like two months ago at this point, and then stepped up on short notice to fight Romanov, so they gave him another contract. He lost that fight, but obviously they're gonna give him another opportunity here to give him a second life in the promotion. I do think he loses here, though. I think this fight will literally come down to volume. I don't see a stoppage, but I do see a ton of strikes. Chase has the higher output, but he's also hit way more. I think Jared lands a ton. I think he might actually threaten a takedown finally. And if he fights Sherman the way he fought Andre Olofsky or Justin Taffa, he should cruise to a unanimous decision win. So Jared Vandera is the pick. This should be a pick and fight. The odds are heavily favoring Jared Vandera. I think this is closer to even, but I am going to go with Jared here because of how hittable Chase Sherman is. Then we've got Jamie Pickett taking on Dennis Tulinian. Jamie Pickett is a solid striker who uses his length to manage the range and keep people at bay. If you look at the stats, he has a three to four strike differential. So he has hit more than he hits his opponents. And that is 100% because he is gun shy. He does not let his hands go. He should, but he doesn't. And that can be really frustrating to watch at times because you know he's the better striker in a lot of his matchups, but he's just not throwing those punches. Dennis Tulinian is a really fun come forward fighter who's always hunting for a finish. He has no problem getting into a slugfest and I actually think that's where he wants his fights. It's almost as if his game plan is, let's go in there, make this as ugly as possible, as fast paced as possible, and let's just thrive in that chaos. He has legit power in his hands, but he does have some grappling holes. This could be a really fun fight because even though he's gun shy, Jamie Pickett is dangerous. And Dennis Tillinian loves making fights dirty. If Jamie manages the range and then engages with takedowns, which we've seen him do in fights with Holmes and Staropoli and Chuck Wu, I can see him having success here. But if he's too patient with his strikes and he lets Tillinian get in his face, I think he ends up in a war that he doesn't want. Right now, Pickett is almost a two-to-one favorite. I think this fight is much, much closer than that. They both have clear paths to victory. Tulinian to win with a high-volume brawl or Pickett to win with well-timed grappling and outside point fighting. I am going to lean Pickett here because he has eight takedowns in the UFC and he is a pretty good striker. But those low-volume guys, I mentioned this earlier, can be very frustrating to watch. Jamie Pickett is the pick. Hopefully, he works in some takedowns because that is his path to victory. Then we get Saeed Nurmagomedov taking on Douglas Silva de Andrade. And imagine me putting together the graphics for this card with these ridiculously long last names. But despite the last name, Saeed Nurmagomedov has no relation to Khabib. And that makes sense if you watch him fight because they fight nothing alike. Saeed is a flashy striker who uses his length really well and he'll throw kicks to your head while standing only a few feet in front of you. His striking is versatile and he has an impressive five to two striking differential with an even more impressive 77% takedown defense. He's four and one in the UFC with three stoppages and only one takedown. And the highlight there is only one takedown. Don't look at that last name and just start jumping to conclusions. Douglas Silva de Andrade, the four-part last name, he dropped back down to 135 pounds last year, and he's had some success there. 
He's coming off a come-from-behind victory over Marazov and a KO win over Gaetano Perillo about eight months ago. And if you look at his record, you'll see that he's fought a who's who of former and current champions in multiple weight classes. He's a compact guy with solid boxing and a lot of power. He's got solid BJJ on the ground, but it's mostly there as a backup plan because he does not initiate offensive wrestling very often. His ideal fight is a dirty boxing match inside the packet. Both of these guys are well-rounded, but this is a striker versus striker matchup. Saeed will have the cleaner and more versatile technique, but Douglas Silva will definitely have more power. He's got four knockdowns in two fights. And even though he was also knocked down in his last fight, he made adjustments, went to his wrestling, and got it done. I like Saeed to win here because he sets a nice pace and not only has the striking offense, but the defense as well. Douglas Silva has a negative striking differential, and I see Nurmagomedov adding to that lopsidedness. So Saeed's the favorite, but he definitely needs to avoid the power. I like Saeed to win this fight. It should be a fun one. Then we have the co-main event of the evening, Kyle Barallo co-maining Two fights in a row for him against Armin Petrosian. Kayo Barhalo is a very slick grappler with solid submissions and well-timed takedowns. He has a long stance and very loose feet when he explodes into double legs for those takedowns. When he hits the ground, it's clear that he's an accomplished grappler and with just like how he moves and how he controls on top if you watch him flow really well. He has belts in both judo and jiu-jitsu and he does use all those techniques in his fight. He had an awesome head kick combo on the Contender Series that did lead to a stoppage. And he had improved striking against Godzi, but he's a grappler. He's not a striker. Armin Petrosian is a fun striker who's coming off the first decision of his career. He has a professional kickboxing background. And if you go watch those fights, he essentially brawls it out and relies on his chin to keep him in there. He lets people back him up until he plants his feet and then throws heavy. He doesn't have the best takedown defense, but he has good submission defense and a solid get-up game. His most impressive statistic is definitely his striking output. He lands almost eight significant strikes per minute, which is almost double the UFC average. And this should be a fun fight between two skilled grapplers with contrasting styles. Kyle's a fun fantastic grappler who will be looking to get it to the ground. And Armin is a professional kickboxer with incredible volume who wants to fight in the pocket. This is another fight where the bookies have a clear favorite with Kyle being two to one on most books. But this fight is much closer in my opinion, just like the last few that we broke down. Kyle has a clear path with the grappling, but Armin has been taken down five times in two fights, and he still wins. He landed 127 strikes to Gregory Rodriguez's 61 in a fight where he was taken down twice. If Armin fights loose, lets his hands fly, and makes Kyle pay every time there's a grappling entry, he can win this fight. But I do think Kyle will get it to the ground, and will have success. So Kayo is the pick here, but I really don't see him being as big of a favorite as the books do. And quite honestly, I may end up switching this pick by the end of the week. It should be a fun fight, though. I'm looking forward to it. Not exactly star power for a co-main event, but it should be pretty interesting. And then we have the main event of the evening. This is, I think this has been booked three times already, and hopefully we're going to get it this time. It's been booked, rebooked, and now I'm excited for it. I was excited then, but now after watching Moicano get demolished by Rafael Dos Anjos on short notice, now 
I'm really looking forward to this fight. And Rafael Dos Anjos is the former lightweight champion of the world who missed his massive payday when he pulled out against Conor McGregor. And that's what set up the Conor versus Nate Diaz fight, if you guys remember. Anyway, Rafael Dos Anjos is incredibly well-rounded, but he is a grappler at heart. He's developed clean striking with solid volume, and that just tricks people into thinking that he's going to strike with you before he just starts working in his grappling. And it's easy to say that he's three and four in his last seven, but look at who he lost to. Usman, Covington, Leon Edwards, and Michael Chiesa. And those were all at 170 pounds. In that same time span, he beat Kevin Lee, Paul Felder, and now Hanato Moicano. Rafael Fizaev is a phenomenal striker with a traditional Muay Thai style. He has incredible power and volume. He mixes his punches and kicks up really well. But what else would you expect from a high-level striker who is also the Tiger Muay Thai striking coach? He just put away Brad Riddell, who's also a fantastic striker. But Brad was able to take Rafael down one time, which did lower his takedown defense from 100% to 95%. His cardio seemed to hold up in that Riddell fight, but we did see it fade big time before that when he fought Bobby Green, and he actually just gave up the entire last round. And a lot of people, including myself, picked Fizayev to win this fight when we broke it down the last couple of times it was booked. Then we saw Rafael Dos Anjos in the cage, and he dismantled Moicano. He had five takedowns, 179 strikes, and 13 minutes of control time. And I also want to, I want to point out two things here. One, I want to remind you that this is a five-round fight, and Fizayev does have cardio issues with 15 minutes. I can only imagine how much wind he'll be sucking with 25, especially if RDA grapples. And two, if we go all the way back to 2016, the only people who beat RDA were able to take him down. He doesn't have a single loss in six years where he wasn't taken down and has not been finished in that time span either. Rafael Dos Anjos' inactivity and injuries are what worried me last time this was booked, but he answered all those questions. Fizayev has questionable cardio. He'll probably be smaller. I don't see him initiating takedowns. And RDA just happens to be incredibly durable. No question whatsoever, Rafael Fizayev is the better striker. No, no doubt about that whatsoever. But Rafael Dos Anjos, his grappling, the size advantage, the cardio, his durability. I like Rafael Dos Anjos. I already got a money line bet on him at plus 170. I'm really looking forward to this fight. Guys, thanks for the watch. Like, subscribe, do all the things. Don't forget, wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our five betting partners. Make a deposit and we send you 50 bucks as a thank you for supporting us and our partners. We have a free Discord. It's free. Join it. Give your picks. Talk some shit. Do whatever you want to do in there. Free Discord. The link is in the description. We'll see you guys later this week.